you know it's just like everybody wants to scale super fast but sometimes that's not that's not how it works right so right. It's, it's a transition you have to do it appropriately perfect What's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs. Welcome to another podcast episode. Listen, this is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things real estate investing, business-related, investing-related on this podcast. And today, we're going to talk about leadership. Now, one thing that my team and I, we do every single Monday, we have a level 10 call. And what that level 10 call is, is basically a leadership call. So I get all of the staff members who are a part of management on my team. And we all get together for about 30 minutes every single Monday to see how we can continue to uh, push others in the business forward and create more profits in the business. This is super, super important when it comes to uh, real estate investing or any business in general. And this is exactly why I wanted to invite our special guest on the line today. He's a very, very successful uh, real estate investor in the Dallas, Texas market. Uh, he's killing it right now. In fact, you know, I don't know if you know this, man, but uh, I was watching you on TV about a week ago, uh, a show <laughs> called Married to Millions. My wife caught it on TV and then she invited me over and I said, oh, snap, that's my, that's my boy Donovan right there. So uh, it was uh, funny seeing you on TV, man, and seeing all of that stuff that you got going on. But it's pretty cool. But obviously, you're a successful real estate investor, man, and you've been in the business for quite some time and uh, you got a lot to share, man. So uh, what's going on with you, bro? Not much, man. Um, you know, blessed to, to be on, on your podcast. You know, I appreciate it, man. It's a, it's a real pleasure, bro. Um, looking forward to the, the content that we're going to talk about today. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to cover in regards to leadership and, uh, how that can drastically affect the success of any type of business, uh, real estate related, uh, but any business in general. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, man. So why don't you tell every, everybody a little bit about yourself, bro? Yeah, so I'm I'm Donovan. I grew up in a, a small town uh, in Ohio, Oregon, Ohio. It's outside of Toledo. It's like 45 minutes south of Detroit. Um, I ended up moving to Texas about 10 years ago or 11 years ago now um, to to Dallas. So I've been here, you know, doing my thing. Uh, finished up high school here actually, and uh, got into sales pretty heavy. Um, ended up starting my own sales marketing company at 20. And I was running that for a couple of years, and then transitioned into real estate. Um, so now we do a couple hundred deals all around Texas. Um, and you know, it's, it's definitely been a journey to say the least, you know, so learned a lot, you know, did a lot, obviously made some money, you know, helped a lot of people along the way. And, um, now I'm pretty blessed, you know, I have a solid team leadership team, um, that, that helped me significantly where I, you know, I wouldn't have the success I would have without, you know, other people helping me, you know, so, um, hey, man. blessed. Yeah, man. So on your on your Instagram profile, no, on your clubhouse profile, uh, it says uh, that you basically did seven million dollars last year in uh, real estate transactions. And obviously you can't do that by yourself. You need a team. Yeah. You know, what I always what I always tell people is for every one person on your team, you're probably going to end up doing about three to five hundred thousand uh, dollars yeah. per year. Uh, so each person on your team needs to bring in at least you know, uh, at least three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars per year on their own. Uh, so it takes a significant type of team in order to be able to do that, man. Today, I really wanted to focus on leadership, man, and leading 
your real estate team to success. And we have the perfect guy on the line uh, to talk to you guys about this, uh, primarily because he's already doing it, you know, and um, we're going to talk about how important and why this is important for your business as well, man. So how, how did you end up in the real estate industry? Yeah. So one of my buddies actually, uh, he got started and he actually closed a wholesale deal and his wholesale check was like $18,000. And I was astonished. I was like, man, that's more in one check than I ever made in my entire, or, you know, ever in, in like a single check. So I was super inspired. And um, at that point, I, I don't know how you guys got started or, or what have you, but it hit different for me when I saw somebody that I personally know have some sort of success with it. So I, my belief level like skyrocketed when I got started. So super, super blessed to, to have that inspiration initially. So got started um, laying bandit signs, actually <laughs> did a couple deals. And um, after that, or yeah, after I, I closed maybe five or six of them wholesale wise, and then I'm super prideful, you know, I always like to, to capitalize on whatever ways I can. And I was like, man, I'm leaving money on the table by selling it to these cash investors and they're making all this money on the backside. I want to be on that, in that game, you know? So um, I got uh, with, with one of the people I was uh, selling to, and I was like, hey, look, man, I want to learn how to fix and flip. And I want to learn how to bring you value. And, you know, maybe we can partner on a couple of deals so you can show me the ropes. And it's kind of what we did. And um, I actually got access to, to private money. I had a taste of that. So essentially my business model for a long time was uh, just raise a lot of private capital and, you know, buy a lot of properties from agents and wholesalers in my market. Um, and obviously do, you know, my, my miscellaneous marketing as well. So, um, and that was a little bit easier for me because I had a whole, whole other company at the time. I didn't have a lot of time to, you know, just be hundred percent real estate. So um, my profit margins were obviously a little bit smaller just because, you know, I wasn't involved in a lot of the, you know, the, um, the business to consumer business to seller, what, what have you. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, turning volume like that and, you know, doing, you know, five, 10 deals every month, um, or at least have like owning five, 10 deals every month consistently. Uh, for a couple of years. And then it was like two and a half years ago, I just made the decision because um, I just kind of felt like I was going, you know, being in two industries and it's very similar in a lot of ways, just because all wholesaling really is, is marketing and sales. And that was my entire business, you know, in my other company. So I was like, man, this is crazy. So if I really want to, you know, scale and grow to the next level, I have to make a sacrifice um, and just pick one, you know, and uh, my marketing company was pretty dreadful. I had to travel a lot. I was gone, you know, two, three weeks out of every month. Um, you know, I was, met a lot of people, seen a lot of places, you know, had markets in all types of different <laughs> areas in the country. Um, but, you know, future wise, I was like, man, real estate is, you know, it's going to pay the bills in the next 20 years. So I might as well just go full force. Um, so yeah, I, man. you know, shut it down completely. And I know a lot of people out there are working jobs or what have you, or have another business. And, um, are kind of looking at, hey, how can I scale? How can I, you know, uh, make an impact on the world or how can I do more? And sometimes when when uh, you make a decision to do more and you, you want more out of your life, you have to make sacrifices in order to get to the next level. Um, and that, that's kind of the sacrifice I made, you know, two and a half years ago um, when I made the decision to go full-time real estate. And, you know, here we are, we close a couple hundred deals a year, um, have a, you know, pretty solid team. We do deals literally all over the state of Texas. Um, you know, just here doing my thing. Cool, man. Let me ask you this, man, because this is this is super important uh, for for people listening. So, you had a marketing company already. You understood marketing. Mm. Uh, explain to me. Explain to everyone listening how important marketing is as 
a wholesale real estate investor or a real estate investor in general? Because I tell people this all the time, but it's good for them to hear it from somebody else. Yeah. So, I mean, man, there's so many people out there that, you know, aspire to be, you know, millionaire moguls or, you know, even in any business. Um, and there's two things that they lack. They just lack belief for one. And for two, they lack the ability to reinvest into themselves. And for three, they lack the ability to reinvest into their business. Um, and I understood that, you know, being in um, sales and marketing already is just, you know, we have to reinvest into the structure. We have to reinvest into the company because then we can scale, we can do more numbers. But the reality of it is, you know, marketing is extremely important. It's the, it's like 50, 50, um, when it comes to wholesaling, it's like, yeah, 50% of it is marketing. The other 50% is sales. So, I mean, if you're, you're really good at one or the other, you know, you have to find that balance in order to find traction to, to continue to grow. But the reality of it, when it comes to marketing, if you're not doing any marketing, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to find consistent deal flow for one. And for two, it's going to be impossible for you to scale if you, if you don't plan on spending more on marketing. It's just the reality of the game. Because um, when you spend more on marketing, you have more prospects to talk to. Everything's a numbers game, right? So the more prospects you have to talk to, you know, the, the better uh, uh, consistency you get with the deal flow. It's just how it relates. You basically allow yourself more opportunities to get uh, more sellers on the phone to talk to more people to make more offers, which ultimately yep. leads to more money in your pockets. You know, exactly. that's what I want people to understand. That's what this business is all about. You're a marketer first a problem solver second, and then a real estate investor last. If you can understand that concept, you'll make a lot of money in this business. Yep. So Donovan, man, uh, most people look at the uh, real estate niche and they think they have to hire right away. How long did it take for you to get your first hire? Man, it took, in, in real estate alone, it took maybe four years before I you know, brought mm. somebody in internally. Um, you know, I was trying to do everything myself and it was, you know, being an investor, you know, want to make the most money net profit. Right. So I just thought it was the best angle to just be by myself. And, and then it kind of got to a point where I was like, it was really hard for me to, you know, I was like on a plateau for a couple of years. I was just doing the same numbers over and over consistently. And, you know, what I kind of realized was I can only do so much by myself. You know, I only have so much time in the day. I only have so much creativity. I only have so much ability to solve problems by myself. Um, and then I realized, you know, um, learning from business experience, my other company is like, man, we have a solid team here. Maybe I can translate some of that and bring some internal members on in, in real estate. I just didn't really know how to, to, to situate it for a long time. So that's why I was kind of doing it by myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, it made a significant difference when I started bringing people on just because, you know, you're leveraging not just your time, but you're leveraging other people's time as well. So, you know, it, <laughs> the human time is the most valuable thing on planet Earth just because we're not going to get it back, you know, so. Um, That's right. Yeah. And a good thing about real estate, you can leverage other people's money, OPM, yep. but also what people feel to realize is you should leverage other people's time, OPT as well. Right. So, you know, it took me, you know, and, and I'm just kind of throwing myself under the bus right now, man. I started in a business in 02. It took me maybe eight years before I started thinking about hiring people. I was yep. straight pounding the streets, grinding. And uh, I realized that I could get so much more done if I multiply myself, man. Uh, so yep. the good thing is you picked it up. It took you four years, but you picked it up relatively quickly. Who was your first hire? Uh, my first hire was acquisition person. Um, you know, it kind of got to a point, you know, I was just constantly reinvesting into marketing and it just, I was losing money because I couldn't, you know, I'd call somebody back and somebody, they, they signed with somebody else, you know? So then I realized, I was like, man, I need to bring somebody on 
and um, you know, continue to scale the marketing so they have an opportunity and you know, it worked out. Yeah, man. So, so at this point, you know, you've, you've hired your first person. Uh, what type of numbers were you doing around that? And, and I'm getting somewhere with this, but what type of yeah. revenue were you bringing in between you and your first hire? Um, just me by myself. I mean, I was doing a lot of rehab, so I, I had a, a million dollar company. Um, so I was doing about a hundred thousand a month by myself and I thought it was great. You know, money's great. Um, you know, I was like, what do I need to hire somebody for? And then it just got kind of to a point where it's just the quality of life. You know, it's just, you, you get to a point, you know, where the, you make, you can make money all day long, but the reality is like, what's the quality of your life and the lifestyle that you live or, um, and things of that nature. And my mental health, I, I just kind of felt, you know, decreasing a little bit. So mm. once I brought the second hire on, you know, he was doing about 50,000 a month, um, by himself. So just me and him together you know, my company grew, you know, 50% just with one person, you know, and then I was just like an eye opener, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's what I did, but you know, I, that didn't work and learn, learn some things and, um, that nature. Um, but yeah. Cool, man. So when, when you look at the growth, how long did it take? How many employees do you have right now? Uh, so we have, uh, 11 right now. All right. So how many, how long did it take for you to go from the one hire you hired a bunch, then that didn't work out to, yeah. to stabilize your business and to be yeah. able to get from one person that was generating income over to 11. How long did that usually how long did that take? Well, um, I mean, the, the, the big thing that because uh, I know if I tell you that it's just going to be like, oh, it's just people are going to try to do it. And it's not going to work. But the reality of it is the marketing has to be there. So. I'm talking to internal people, like people in office, in person. I'm not talking VAs, right? Just because I've had, you know, VAs out, outsourced for a while, but I don't see them as team members. I see them as like marketing and overhead costs, right? So the team members that I see is like in person. So um, I had, you know, multiple VAs working. And then, you know, once the leads started coming in, then I hired my first acquisition person. Um, and then after I hired that first acquisition person, it was maybe, you know, three or four months before I made a decision to bring somebody else in just because I wanted to make sure that the marketing was stabilized in order to have that opportunity for somebody to have a full-time job. Um, so it took maybe three or four months. To get to 11 people? Oh, to 11 people? No, yeah. I, it took maybe two and a half years. Got you. Okay. Yeah, because I went from, you know, me by myself to one person, right? Three months later, I had uh, two people and then immediately hired a disposition person. Um, and you know, it just, I just hit momentum man. and, um, I think it was about a, a year and some months and I had 40 full-time people in the office, literally. <laughs> and it was like full-time staff in office employees, um, or, you know, um, teammates. And uh, I just didn't have the, the leadership ability to, to handle all that. But on top of that, you know, the ROI just didn't make sense. Um, so I just, you know, set a goal is like, hey, you know, th these people are going to have better opportunities somewhere else. And, um, you know, I want to stick to, you know, the, the top people. So instead of just hiring everybody, I focused on hiring sharp people, people that are smarter than me, people that work really hard, et cetera, et cetera. And I got really picky on it. Um, so now we have just about 11 people now. So. And yeah, so, some of them are VAs or you have 11 in the office at this point? No, 11 in office. VAs okay, and then and you still have VAs. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see VAs as like teammates. Right. To be right. honest. I know a lot of people do and that's great in their business, but my I guess my business is a little bit different. 
Gotcha. Gotcha, man. So let's talk a little bit about this, man. What, what were some of the obstacles that you faced? You, you mentioned that you, you hired 40 people full time at one point. What, what caused that drastic change to, to decrease the, uh, the team members? Yeah. So, I mean, the reality of it was, it was just, you know, like for one, uh, marketing, right? So I was spending a, a bunch of money on marketing, but I wasn't spending enough. And I was really evaluating, you know, even when I had one person is like, how much did it cost for just to hire this one person? And it was somewhere between six, six to $7,000 a month, just in marketing to employ one full-time person. Um, and, uh, I realized I was like, man, you know, 40 times, uh, $7,000 is, 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 is not going to work out. Cause then I got to pay commissions and salaries, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought I could just make it work was just like, all you guys are just going to follow up with everybody. Go knock on doors. If you have to, everybody wants to do real estate. So everybody wanted to come work. Um, but it just didn't work because the marketing wasn't there. The second thing was I didn't have the, the proper leadership team of, of people that had the experience, um, in my organization. So, um, we had a bunch of people, we had sharp people, um, but the problem is we didn't have the proper leadership structure. Um, what we thought was leaders wasn't really leaders and um, the strength of the, 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 um, the training and the mentorship and the organization um, didn't withstand the amount of people that we had. Um, and I mean, that was pretty much the two things that didn't work for me. Um, and I just had to regroup, I was like, you know, it's just like everybody wants to scale super fast, but sometimes that's not that's not how it works. Right. So right. It's, it's a transition. You have to do it appropriately. Um, but I definitely learned a lot. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like now I know I need to have uh, uh, lieutenants. I need to have captains um, of specific uh, divisions in my company before I can continue to bring other people on just because people are trusting us with their whole careers. And our reputation and brand is on 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 the um, case as well. So um, that's when we kind of restructure. It's like, hey, let's just focus on um, uh, a few people versus a lot of people, and the energy that we're able to give them and the value we're able to give them is a lot more efficient, um, just because we're uh, you know building that foundation of the leadership team. Yeah, man. So just just thinking about that for a second, you know, you, you mentioned having the right structure in place. Um, yeah. if, if we had to, let, let's go through this step-by-step, step, right? And let's use you as the example, right? If we had to get, provide our listeners with a step-by-step step process on how to hire the right way, how to lead the team the right way, what, how did you get started? What worked for you? How did you find the first person? How, like, how did you pick that person out in order to be able to tell this is the person that is a good leader and this can help my business? Like, what, what, what was that process like? Um, so my first hire was actually opposite. I, I wanted somebody that I could trust. The, the, the main thing that I wanted um, in my team at the time was somebody that I could trust because it was new to me. I didn't want somebody to come in and take advantage of me because I was spending a bunch of money. So I was thinking of somebody that somebody I could trust and somebody that had work ethic um, and somebody that uh, was loyal. Right. Where regardless of what happened, um, they're going to stick through and figure it out. Right. So the first hire was actually a friend of mine. Um, and the friend I've, I've known for a couple of years and I think he was, um, man, what was he doing before? Uh, he was working at like a uh, Rite Aid or CVS or something like that. Um, and, um, I knew like, I mean, there's certain traits that work in salespeople, but I knew he was, you know, competitive. I knew he was a people person 
he, you know, he liked to party and stuff like that. So I knew he could at least talk to people on the phone and at least divvy them up to me if I needed to. Um, so that's, that's, that was kind of my first hire, but, um, that's just talking from experience, but what works now, um, is I, I really look, we really were very specific when we hire people and the, the type of people that we hire are, are PI or, uh, DIs. So they're dominant and intellectual. Um, so they're really aggressive. They're competitive. You know, they'll, they'll die to win or die before they, they lose. Um, and, um, people that like to talk to people, people that are outgoing, that are expressive, that have, you know, good connections with people. Um, those two traits, they work great in sales. So you're running personality tests on them? Um, no, not necessarily. (laughs) I should, but, um, people, people can finesse those, those systems, you know what I mean? So, the main things that I kind of look for is did they, they play sports, you know, um, you mm. know, even if they didn't play sports, like what kind of competitive nature of personality can I pick out of this person? Right. Um, do they, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, did they, uh, I'm just going to tell you straight up. So when I look to hire people, I look to see if they played sports. I look to see if they grew up in a country town, small town or an immigrant, um, I look for people that had single parent backgrounds. Um, I look for people that uh, were able to maintain a job for at least two years. Um, and I'm young and the majority of people uh, that, that work for me are young too. So if you had a job for two years between 18 and, you know, what, what, however they are now, it's like 24 or 26 or whatever, um, that, that's huge. I, I mean, it's non-negotiable or somebody that actually has a job and they've been had the same job for at least two years. Um, and I will never ever hire somebody that didn't work as a teenager that didn't learn how to, uh, were able to, you know, um, learn how to make income as a teenager. And what I learned was after hiring, you know, hundreds of people over the past, you know, uh, eight, nine years is, uh, people's brains are still developing when they're teenagers. So if they learn how to, you know, make income and being able to be a little bit uh, um, financially stable but without their parents, uh, they're a lot more uh, coachable and they're a lot more independent. Um, so, I mean, that's a huge life hack that I've learned. And literally I can go on a graph and name all the people that I hired and who worked what as a teenager. And it's crazy. It's literally uh, a scientific fact in my business that, People that didn't work as a teenager don't work out in sales. It just won't happen. Yeah, man. Are, are you paying by the hour when they come on board or are you just, is it straight commission? So I pay um, salary for the first 90 days and then I pay draw commission after that 90 days. Got you. Got you. So salary, then draw commission yep. after the fact. Cool, man. So when it comes to leading your team, how do you know who's, who's the right person to put in place to start leading certain positions? Great question. So the main thing that I look for is um, people that want it more than you do. Um, and that's like the main thing that I pay attention to is somebody that is hungrier than me, somebody that's going to work harder than me, somebody that cares about my business more than I do. Um, and that person, um, regardless of their leadership ability, is going to make the biggest impact in your organization because they actually care. They care about it more than you. Um, and that person knows how to play team. They care about the team and they want other people to win. Um, and, uh, I've learned, you know, I've had, I've promoted people that were like my top salesperson or whatever, and they just weren't good leaders. You know, they're just good salespeople. Um, but then I promoted people that, you know, were, you know, 
average or medium salespeople, but turn out to be amazing leaders. Um, and what I've learned was it was just the attribute of the, um, the, the, the belief in, in the business, um, the belief in themselves and the belief in other people makes the biggest difference in leaders. And then they believe in the core values of, of the business yeah. and what the business represents at the same time as well, man. Exactly. So you, you learned a lot of this by experimenting and by actually being in the doing business, it. doing it. Yeah, just doing right. it. <laughs> a, a book can teach you some of this, but it's not going to, there's nothing like actually doing That's what I tell people about real estate all the time. You know, it, it's different when you're watching a video, like you see me on a video, you see Donovan on a video, or you listen to us on Clubhouse or something like that versus actually experiencing it. You have to get out there and roll up your sleeves and, and get dirty because if you don't, it's never going to happen. Yep. Information is great, but imp uh, implementation is going to get you to where you need to go at the end of the day. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So yeah. if we had to simplify it down for our listeners right now, and we, we wanted to provide them with, let's say, a three-step process to get their first hire, uh, what should they do? Man, first hire, um, now obviously every org is different, but a majority of them, you know, you need lead flow. That's the first thing that you got to master. Um, eight to 12 leads minimum every single day on average. Um, without that, you can't hire anybody. You can't even hire yourself. You can't go full-time by yourself without eight to 12 leads a day. It's impossible um, unless, you know, you have money stacked up and you're making strategic investments. Um, so how are you going to hire somebody if they can't work a full-time position, right? You're just going to be wasting money. A lot of people want to hire somebody and then figure out how to get the lead flow. They're doing it backwards. You need the lead flow. Um, the second thing that you got to do is you got to lead from the front. So you have to have that ability to get in the business and do it yourself. This, the reason why that is extremely important is because if you hire somebody and they come in and they don't see success, it's going to be really hard for them to grow past that or um, believe in what's actually happened. It's kind of like monkey see monkey do, but um, it's a lot easier when somebody comes into a business and it's already winning. Right. So if you're, you know, you're, you're clearing money already, it's an inspiration and just kind of like how I got started. Right. So the belief level is so much higher when I saw somebody I personally knew do it versus, you know, just watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. Right. Um, so the, I mean, marketing, do it yourself first, you know, so you got to, um, um, elevate to delegate. Right. And then the third thing is, um, you have to, uh, make a commitment to that person just because if you hire somebody and you just figure, figure that they're just going to go figure it out by themselves, it's not going to happen. You have to train that person. You have to go through battles with that person. Um, but the coolest thing is by doing step number two, you're going to learn a lot of things. You're going to learn how to overcome objections. You're going to learn all the aspects of the business so you can uh, translate what you've learned to third step, which is, um, you know, that training. The training is so important because if they don't have the proper training, then, you know, they're going to, you know, come in and waste a bunch of money or, or what have you. Absolutely, man. Well said, brother. So, you know, let me ask you this. So marketing. How much funds do you think a person should be investing in marketing on the front end to drive enough leads to be able to uh, hire their first person? I mean, to be honest, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a broad question just because each is. market is different. Um, so I started in Dallas, Fort Worth, which is an extremely competitive market. It's like an A market. Um, how, like, for example, Memphis is like a C or D market where, you know, the cost per lead or cost per deal is like a third of what it costs in Dallas. Yeah. 
Um, but the reality of it is, is you need to, I mean, if you want to look at the, the general aspects of, um, you know, income coming in, I would say anywhere from 80 to a hundred thousand dollars a month is, is a, a general guideline to go by because people in Cali, for example, that's like one or two deals, mm-hmm. you know, but here in Texas, you have to do like five or six. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just different by the market. So, um, like I pay, uh, our, our cost, uh, per deal right now is on average, like 24 or 2,500 bucks gotcha. on average per deal. So first me to hire acquisition person, that person needs to close minimum three deals a month, but obviously, you know, on average it's like five, but you know, three times 2,500 bucks is what, you know, it's like 7,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, man. Like for us, it, you know, and that, you know, are you making at least 25 offers to get that? Or like how many offers are you, are you uh, making in order to get that one deal? Man, to be honest, we don't track offers. No, um, no, we, we don't track offers. Uh, what we track is like uh, uh, leads per contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so the average leads per contract is about 75 right now. Mm-hmm. So it takes us about 75 leads to contract one. Got you. Yeah, it takes us in my market, it takes us 25. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And then if you're a little more experienced, like for us, we do uh, more creative stuff. Uh, yeah. That number decreases drastically That's because good. we have uh, more exit strategies. Uh, but yeah, you're in a very competitive market, so it is different. And I love the fact that you mentioned that uh, the marketing budget really depends on uh, where you're located because too many people get caught up on thinking that they have to spend what this next guy is spending. That's exactly why I brought it up. You yep. know, too many people think that they have to invest the same amount as the other guy in order to get the same result. Where in actuality, it really depends on where you're located yeah. uh, at the end of the day. You know, yeah. and then on, on top of that too, man, it's just like I spend more money to do less work, right? So especially when people are getting started, like for example, I have students that have, you know, um, their cost per deal is like 1200 bucks or something, something like that, which is amazing. Um, 700 bucks. That's, that's absolutely stellar. But uh, the difference is, you know, they're, they're going through the nitty gritty stuff um, and have to do a lot of manual labor to, to be able to get it that cheap. Um, I'm in a position now where I'm able to spend more on the marketing to just kind of streamline a lot of those processes um, and, you know, some of the time consuming tasks to, um, to um, make it a little bit easier. Absolutely, man. Now, we, we've spoken about leadership a lot on this call. We've given you guys a kind of a step-by-step process to uh, at least go in the right direction because most people watching this, they're, they're not in a position to hire their first person. They're just getting their, their business up and running. It's a fact, right? But yep. then we do have that small few that are in a position where they're, they're doing a couple of deals at this point and they need to start hiring people. Yeah. Uh, and now is probably the time to really start considering that. So you guys have gotten a, a little bit of a, 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 a look inside Donovan's business and how he's operating things just to give you a general idea of what you need to be looking out for uh, in your business as well. Now, are you so, guys doing? <clears throat> uh, before, yeah, I mean, like a, a quick tip, like, for example, like a lot of people, they look to, you know, they have a lot of work, you know, they have a couple of deals coming in. And they're looking to hire somebody, right? So what I what I made the mistake is is like I'm just going to hire a bunch of people right away mm-hmm. um, instead of outsourcing a lot of those problems, right? So it's actually cheaper for me um, to outsource, you know, cold calling, lead manager, um, 
uh, outside of my office to a call center or call agencies or something. Um, and then, uh, you know, just focused on the core acquisition team. Um, so that made a big difference too. So you can look at your organization right now and look at the tasks that you're doing and you can actually find ways to outsource a lot of that to VAs um, to help you scale. And then, you know, when you have somebody else come in, you know, it's going to be a lot more efficient for them as well. So it, you might see it as like, hey, my net profits are, you know, decreasing a little bit because I'm outsourcing it. But the reality of it is you're being more efficient with your time. That's what the most important thing is. That's right. That's right, man. So are you guys doing weekly meet? Like, are you doing daily meetings, weekly meetings? Like, how do you how are you operating? And the yeah. reason I, I say that is because we do daily meetings. Um, so, yeah. for example, we have Monday leadership calls, Tuesday acquisitions, Wednesday dispositions, Thursday marketing, Friday admin stuff. Right. So uh, how are you guys how, how are you keeping track of your entire team at the moment? Yeah. So we have three meetings a week. We have a, a sales meeting on Monday, um, uh, sales motivation called Money Mondays. Uh, Wednesday is actually our leadership meeting. So the entire team's not involved in that meeting. It's only the core leadership team. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Fridays, it's another uh, a, a group meeting. And then it's just like KPIs and numbers and stuff like that and motivation. Um, just when they go through the weekends, kind of unwind, come back to work, excited, do the money meeting and then hammer it out through the week. Um, so in the position I'm in now, I actually made the decision a couple months ago to stop attending the meetings. I mean, to be honest, I only go to the office now. Um, my office is like 20 minutes away, but I only go to the office now maybe, you know, once or twice a week just because, um, you know, the leaders in my organization, um, I felt I was solving a lot of the, the problems in, in the office and it was kind of, black, uh, um, um, you know, hurting their ability to grow and have them solve those issues. And it's been great, you know, so now <laughs> it's crazy. So it's just like, it, it, it's amazing what, what, what can happen when you have, you know, solid people on your team and they can just elevate to, to solve a lot of those tasks. So, you know, they handle the meetings now. Um, I pop in here and there and make, you know, make sure everything's operating and running smooth, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah. So you basically removed yourself in order to grow, man. And that's, yeah. and that's what it's all about. Hey man, obviously we can't cover everything in, in uh, a, a short podcast session, man. And uh, I'm sure our listeners would definitely want to contact, reach out to you and contact you uh, for more information, man. How, how can they do that? Yeah. Um, follow me on IG. I actually just got my IG back after get, getting deleted, but it's the Donovan Ruffin. Um, follow me on IG or Facebook. Um, and yeah, I mean, contact. that's the easiest way to contact me is Instagram, to be honest. Sounds good, man. I'm going to link your Instagram in the description, but I'm also going to link your clubhouse as well, man, because yeah. uh, you spend some time on there as well. Uh, we've shared a couple of rooms and we plan on sharing a lot more in the future as well, man. But, uh, I'm going to link all your social media in the description box below. So if you guys got any questions in regards to, um, uh, you know, lead it, leading your real estate team or growing your real estate team, uh, why don't we go to clubhouse to ask those questions to Donovan first? Yeah, that works too. Because I, I know how Instagram is, man. You know, we were just talking about how <laughs> I'm gonna hire somebody to work my Instagram. Seriously, man, I, I just can't. There's, there's way too many people hitting me up on, on on Instagram. I just can't. It's impossible for me to get in contact with everybody. So, well, I mean, to be honest, I just felt like I mean, we we buy a lot from wholesalers, so I, you know, it's great for branding and stuff like that. But you know, I just pay attention to mostly just because you know we get a lot of deals from it so yeah. hey, if you got deals shoot them to me on ig especially if they're in texas 
Absolutely, man. So what advice would you give to our listeners that are just getting started with growing their team and they want to take their business to the next level? Um, you know, the first advice is you got you to make a commitment to your business because when you go to hire somebody, it's a different level of sales, right? So um, you go from business to consumer to business to person or um, business to business, essentially. So the time frame on, you know, cash in the bank on the on on your your work abilities is going to change from like 30 days to, you know, 90 to 120 days. So just got to be patient with people. Um, but you also have to take the risk on people and make sure they have the proper training. Um, and, you know, things don't happen when you want them to happen. Things happen when they're supposed to happen. You learning the aspects of the business so you can eventually teach somebody else how to do it. So um, a lot of people want to skip a lot of steps. But the reality is you have like God's going to not not going to allow you to elevate until you figure out how to, you know, take care of things on the ground level um, just so other people can handle those tasks. I mean, that's just the reality of business. You know, it's just business law. So just be patient. Keep going. Um, you know, look forward to those, uh, look, look forward to those mistakes that you're going to make and, you know, um, learn how to adapt very quickly. Um, so you can, you can elevate quickly. Excellent. Excellent advice, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. We really appreciate having you on. We look forward to having you again sometime in the near future, man, if you're up to it and, uh, listen, guys, if you got any questions for Donovan, uh, leave a question in the uh, comment section below this video, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to, to uh, this on a podcast, be sure to reach out to Donovan. Again, we spend some time on Clubhouse. Uh, we answer a lot of questions and uh, we're looking forward to helping you go from where you are right now to where you want to go in your business. But the only way to get there is to know what you want and then take action to get it. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the jamel gibbs or on instagram at jamel gibbs i'm in linkedin as well i'm on tiktok i'm on snapchat check out all of these platforms for daily content weekly content more content from jamel gibbs but if you want to get more in depth go to rei education academy.com and that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today talk to you later